How often do you feel overwhelmed by life? Did you know that a large part of that can stem from disorganization? Well, this week's guest, Stephanie Deininger, the founder of Organized Flamingo, sits down and talks to Julie. Welcome to Casa de Confidence, a podcast for women and some cool dudes going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. And your sidekick, handsome hot husband, that again. I am a dreamer, a traveler, a missionary, and risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are supporter of people and their dreams. If you stumble into the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Before we get to the guest and Julie, I'd like to say that I'm recording alone in Casa de Confidence Studios, and Julie is actually joining us from the bedroom upstairs. Hi, Julie. Hi, Hi everyone. Hi, Daniel. Hey, how are you feeling right now? I am feeling like shit. <laughs> mm. You're must, everyone. You know what? I'd like to just bring up a, a subtle point here. Uh, many of us have been vaccinated. Well, Julie was vaccinated and I was vaccinated last January. And in, in February, we were fully vaccinated. Well, what I'd like to tell everyone is just because you are vaccinated, it does not mean you are a superhero, that you are super resistant that you cannot get COVID-19. Julie's in our bedroom quarantining uh, <coughs> because she actually has gotten COVID-19. Uh, she's into a stage right now into which she is no longer with a fever. And I think, I think what has happened since people have been getting vaccinated, uh, they've felt more brave to go out in public and we've kind of done that thing that we do as humans, and we've felt like we are not going to get it. And right. and uh, invincible. Yeah, I, I do have to say, I, I do have to say, while I can without the coughing, I never got vaccinated with the intention that I was going to not <laughs> have the possibility of getting COVID. Oh, absolutely. And I, and, and I really want to be clear with this because mm -hmm. um, I have an autoimmune. I've talked about it on the show many times. This is one of the reasons why, I mean, I have even turned down invitations to be mm -hmm. with family, to um, be in, in, in areas. And just because even under normal circumstances before COVID, I was very hesitant and guardian of my health. I got the vaccine because I didn't want to die. Mm. I don't want to die within an intubator with a, you know, intubated. And I think that, um, you know, I, I understand that there's a lot of people that have whatever reasons that they don't trust science. 
Um, And I feel bad about it. But ultimately, Mm. people like me who have been very careful, people like me who feel very strongly that science works, um, and other people who don't expect it tend to be also sort of the the unintended consequences of choices. And and I have to tell you, I if this is what mild is, I really I have so much, you know, compassion for the people that have suffered and are continuing to suffer so much um, over this disease. You know, I kind of felt like this was sort of like one of those games, like I was never going to get COVID and uh, here I am. Mm. Um, it has been tough. And, and I've had pneumonia several times. I've been sick several times. Um, it's part of the course when you, you have respiratory issues and an autoimmune. But this really, I, I really felt the disease ravage my body and of course you know there's so many fears that i feel right now as to what are the going to be the long-term repercussions Mm. of this um how will this affect me um you know and for the listeners who are are here i you know i live hard I take chances. I don't want to live with regrets. But I remember thinking as I was driving home from Tennessee, which is when I was really in the thick of things, what if I don't have an opportunity to do all of the things that I wanted to? What if I don't finish the Camino? What if I never make Kilimanjaro? What if, um, what you know, even, even the clients that I'm working with, um, what if I don't ever get to see them thrive? You know, my nephew's going to turn 16. I, what if I don't ever get a chance to watch him play football? I was supposed to see my mom before I came home. But I, thankfully, thankfully, I made the choice not to go to Atlanta because I had that little intuition that said, you have COVID, don't go to Atlanta. And I could have given, I could have given my mom COVID. And here I am, you know, at home. And even though I'm home, I don't get to be with my loved one. He's he's downstairs, relegated to to the downstairs wing of the home, and I'm upstairs. You know, my um, my, my stomach's growling. It's so loud right now. That's a joke. Um, trying to be funny. That's a joke. Nice. But, you know, I think that um, <laughs> we've paid a lot of high price for this disease, and we continue to pay it because we can't seem to get a cohesive um, a cohesive understanding of what's right. And, you know, I'm one to, I, I am for all of the alternative medicine as well. But I do believe in the science and I do believe, you know, and, and I'm not going to use the podcast to um, to get on a soap, soapbox. One, because I don't have the energy. But um, I've gone through a lot of interesting emotions being sick. I, yeah. I felt a lot of anger. Um, and I felt a lot of, um, you know, you know, um, some of those cognitive distortions that I talk about, I've gone through those as well. I have found myself just, uh, catastrophizing a lot in really trying to find, 
um, you know, like the worst case scenario. And, and I found at one point that I was trying to coach myself that I, I like, you know, my, my coach Corinne says I was sitting in a dirty diaper because I didn't want to feel better mentally. I was so mad and angry and I was so into feeling like all the catastrophizing, like, you know, all the worst case scenarios. And then I realized that that wasn't making me feel better mentally and physically. So I, I finally, you know, decided to do, um, a, a gratitude meditation in which I, um, I actually sat down and I decided to be grateful and make a list in my brain of all 500 things, 500 things that I was grateful for, from the smallest to the largest, from the people that I had been in contact with, from the people that treated me, from the people that, um, you know, I might have been come in contact with. And I, I said a prayer for everyone. But ultimately, you know, we're in this together. And we're not an island where the decisions that we make for ourselves at times have um, a domino effect mm-hmm. on the lives of others. Um, and yeah, so that that's about it. I've been uh, that's trying good. to I mean, recover. You've, you've been going, you've been going through a lot this week, and um, several other people that you know have also. And the thing is, the facts, the facts of COVID. There are certain facts. <laughs> that are un, that are undeniable. And number one, number one fact, you are most infectious during the incubation period of this of this virus. In the incubation period, you do not know that you have COVID. Yeah. That's when you are most infectious. That's why it's so hard to trace where you've gotten it from. Yeah, and it could have come from any different, um, any any different direction. So remember, people, be safe out there. You know, a, a mask is an inconvenience, but so is mm-hmm. it's so less of an inconvenience of having yeah. to be away from your loved ones for ten days, and it's yeah. it is far less of an inconvenience from being away from your loved one forever. Absolutely. So just because we're out there and we're vaccinated doesn't mean we shouldn't be safe. And the masks provide an extra layer of protection for yourself and for others. It's not flawless. Nothing is flawless. Right. Nothing is 100%. That's why the Packets of condoms say 99 point something. Mm. Um, everything that protects us is not a hundred percent. I try to make it, I try to make it a little late there, but nothing is a hundred percent. I mean, the only thing that's hundred percent is staying away from everybody. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I really, um, but we're not I asking just... that. I'm just amazed again at um, you know how is it that information can be presented to people and it can be interpreted so differently by many. But either way, I'm not here to to preach to those mm-hmm. who don't believe science and oh, you know have yeah. different beliefs. Yeah. Uh, you know, all, all, again, all I'm saying, and as we've proponent before, 
is do what you can to protect yourself and do what you can to protect others. Because that's the one mandate in in our human lives is to protect Mm -hmm. others. I mean, that's, that's so important. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, by the way, Daniel, yes. I, I, I have made a decision. Mm-hmm. I, I've made some very strong decisions while I've been quarantined. Ooh, I'm scared. Okay, uh, number are these, one. Are these new protocols? I, I think I may come up with some protocols. But first of all, <laughs> I, I, I really like, mm-hmm. and I think that we need to make a little coffee bar coffee and tea bar in the bedroom in the bedroom okay so so when julie was driving (laughs) home from where she was and she was sick and she actually found out i think on her way that one of the individuals that she was with and had such a wonderful time with um tested positive correct so there's a possibility that julie could have been covid 19 positive so i set up the bedroom like it was a hotel room upstairs i'm like this is your home (laughs) <laughs> you're going to get and I I need you to stop and get tested before you get to the house so she actually got Which tested on the way home and she did <laughs> and I am glad that I set that room up so but now there's certain uh, certain uh, conveniences in the bedroom <laughs> and I think she wants them to stay <laughs> well I had been you know I had said to you some time back when my friend re- redid her bedroom, yes. she made a coffee bar and she brought a little like beverage mm-hmm. refrigerator into her bedroom. And I said, maybe we should move the, the Keurig up when we had a Keurig. And, and I said, right. let's move the Keurig upstairs. And you thought I was crazy. But now you brought the um, you brought the kettle, the, the tea you know, kettle. The that, the I tea think kettle that plugs in. I think the one thing that needs to happen upstairs what? is at least to have a. Uh, Filtered water. So I'm going to set up the oh, to yeah. have filtered water in the sink upstairs. Oh, my God. Anyway. That would be so lovely. By the way, I have to say, Pedialyte is garbage. Garbage. <laughs> it's good for you. Who but drinks it's that? Babies. It's the nastiest thing I've ever yeah. had. So, oh. Anyway. And, I, and I'm only drinking it because, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling very hungry. And I realize... So Friday, I went for for uh, my Regeneron infusion. So Regeneron is the antibodies that were given to President Trump. So and any we, anyway, the the Regeneron. Okay. Ju, Julie was able to get the Regeneron. I was actually going to talk about this. Um, oh. She was going to get the Regeneron, which is the antibody infusion, and she was able to get this because in some areas there's different criteria. Um, different areas are different than. Different states are different, and uh, well, Florida Julie, is giving it away like water. Well, uh, I, I in Connecticut, um, you have to be a high risk group, and and you were, so I can't. And twenty four hours after you received that Regeneron infusion, your fever finally broke after a week. And yeah, but I, am, I will say but I, I was worried because the day I got the infusion, oh yeah, my fever kept climbing. Oh, of course, it it's going bad. to. That's kind of the, oh my goodness, kind of yeah, the point. You got a little war going on inside your body. So all I have to say is, if if you do get COVID, and the the important the Regeneron thing is, 
Um, I'm going to say, because I don't know if I'm getting it right, I'm just going to say antibody infusion. Um, mm -hmm. And it is a cocktail. If you're early and you're, you have a bad fever, ask your doctor. Say, can I please get this? So um, always ask whether you're a high mm -hmm. risk or not. Inquire about it. Say you right. want it, and um, I, I think I think that's what's actually helped you come along now. And mm. you still feel like dog poo. I, I know, but I'm so much happier knowing that your fever is finally broken. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> you know what's coming up this week? What's coming up this week? My jury duty. <laughs> oh, look, you're gonna get out of jury duty. I want to so, get out of jury duty again. So anyway, so fabulous. So, anyway, <laughs> all right. Anyway, I just wanted to mention right. this. This is worth mentioning. Something going on in your life, but it is something going on. Something anyway, going on. Yes. In the podcast. Yes. We have the organized flamingo on the show. Oh my gosh! You know, Stephanie's probably one of my favorite people that I've met in Clubhouse, mm -hmm. and. Um, I really, she's got such a voice that is so caring and, you know, oh, you just, you just know that she's kind mm -hmm. just from listening to her. Yeah. Um, and I really love just spending time with her. She's become someone who always makes me smile and we become friendly. So I'm really sorry that during, you know, her episode, I have to talk about COVID, but, yes. um, she she's just an amazing individual and really um what she does for people is something that truly truly speaks to me because i i believe and you know this is something that you of course suffer because i get overwhelmed right mm -hmm. if my if my space is not a certain way if things are not organized and i am not by i am not ocd i i could be an organized nest but i also like organized things and when i and when things like when our bedroom looks camera ready like i like calling mm -hmm. it um if there's such peace or there's when a, our living room when as, there are as you like this lady comes, or you know? as you like to say what is it Tidy house, happy spouse. It's a happy house. Well, when it's a tidy house, it's a happy house, and a happy house is a tidy house. I, I, I like I like tidy house, happy spouse. Yeah, happy happy wife, happy life. Um, oh. But you know, I think that we have so much. Again, um, I had come back. I had decided that uh, coming back from Tennessee, one of my intentions is that I was going to finish up because I've been putting away stuff to give away in September. I was decluttering a lot of stuff and I was so excited because I'm like, you know what? There's more that I can pull up and get rid of. And now of course mm -hmm. this kind of has sidetracked me, but um, that's one of my goals. Right. It's one of my goals is to really declutter because we can live with so little. We don't need a lot and there's other people that can use it, but ultimately your space is what you know you surround yourself with is what you're visually taking in and if you have you know a counter that's just cluttered or if you have a space that is so filled with stuff then it's becomes part of the white noise i feel that you know we don't all have to change overnight 
but we can change every night. And every day, if you decide what is one simple thing that you can do, and this is a tiny habit, you know, maybe create a tiny habit recipe that says, when I, um, you know, when I go to bed, I'm going to put one thing in its place. One of the things that I like to do is like, I put things by the stairs so that when we come up, we bring stuff up. That's a good cue. And it's, it's a good cue. And I think that you can, you don't have to. You know, it's it's it a good all. cue. It's a good cue. Mm-hmm. It's and it's not an argument. No, it's not an indictment. It's just a right. good cue. I'm like, oh, yeah. I got to bring that upstairs because a lot of times, and, a lot of times, all things like you said, it'll get lost in the noise and I'll forget. Right. And rather than going, hey, meh, 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 mm. you just put it on those steps, and then yeah. I know to take it up. Right. And, and, yeah, and that's, you know, and that's, 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 that's the thing. Yeah. I, um, anyway. Anyhow. So. <laughs> I've talked a lot. I'm yes. On, Instead. I'm on borrowed time. You're, well, don't I'm say talking. that. You're on borrowed speaking time because borrowed your throat's. Yeah. yeah. So, Stephanie, that's what she does. She, she was a yeah. professional organizer. She has a passion for that. She started her own company, Organized Flamingo. And she has a yeah. passion for simplifying in simplifying people's lives and and mm. i mean this is, this is great it makes people if, if you can be more simple and organized yeah. your productivity really will raise through the roof especially yeah. for people who are working at home for entrepreneurs or or just people working at home in their company mm-hmm. for their for their company it's just it's that those simple things yeah. In well, organization, just, it just allows you to be more productive yeah. and happier. Absolutely. And if people want to, want to, you know, learn a little bit more of how they can curate and how they can be a little more organized mm-hmm. and uh, listen to the episode and find out why my friend Stephanie is the organized flamingo. And without further ado, Stephanie Dininger, the organized flamingo. I am super thrilled. I I told my husband, I said, this is a fun interview that I've been looking forward to for a long time because I just admire what you do. I think that there is so much um, value and we all need someone to help us curate because I am a big believer that curation of our life is important and sometimes we need to curate our space we need to curate how we organize things and i i admire you so much for the work that you do so welcome to casa de confidence yay thank you for having me so tell us a little bit about you and introduce yourself properly uh, because i for as much as i can read a bio i think that a lot of our listeners really love to hear from the guest who they are and what they do Yeah. So I'm Stephanie Dininger, and I am the founder of The Organized Flamingo. It's a company that focuses on all things productivity, all things organizing, and we offer products, services, tools for you to be and stay more organized. So our big mission is for you to find the tools to get there, you know, to get more organized, Mm -hmm. but then stay there. So we are, we are a place for that. I love it. And I feel like 
I know you because obviously we've spent uh, multiple rooms in which we chat. We have co-modded on Clubhouse. We also have done an Instagram Live. But every time I see your post on social, I get to know you a little bit better. I get to know what your values are and understand more about how you are able to support and help other individuals. So I am thrilled that you're here. But how did this start for you? How did you go from, you know, being someone who maybe was going along your life and you decided all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to help people get organized? Yeah. Well, I, well, I've been doing this for a long time <laughs> since the, my college years. That's amazing. And I didn't realize, and this kind of ties into how much I love what you do and oh, like your you. podcast and what. And, and kind of what you talk about, because I didn't have this before. So what I, <laughs> so how it started was I loved, I'm just a, a naturally organized person and I didn't realize that not everybody was, and, and that's okay. Like that's, we all have our gifts. That was my gift, but I didn't realize I could turn that into a business until later. So I had a business in organizing events. <laughs> I've organized people people. I've organized a lot of things, a lot of people and, uh, and things, but I didn't realize that I could make this into a, a career until, mm. you know, as I kind of went along. So I eventually just turned this into my full blown business and that's how it started. But then when I realized is that talent transfers into organizing material things, but also mm-hmm. people. And so if you have that kind of brain and that kind of thinking, you can transfer it into other elements of life. Uh, so that's how it started. That's how it started. That's how it went. And then that's how, where I'm now, I am now at. That's so cool. And I think that, you know, I, and, and I, I don't want to talk too much about me, but I know that for me, I have a struggle because I think that there are certain parts of my life and brain in which I take after my dad. My dad was a military man. And at first I remember when I, and and my parents got divorced when I was five. So I came to live with him when I went to college and I had not lived with him since I was a young girl. And at first coming from my mom's house where things were less than organized and put together, um, I found that the rigidity of life and the way that he, you know, things, even his closet, he would open up and the hangers were like an inch of, from each other and color coordinated. And thought, what is, and I thought <laughs> it was military. So crazy, very military, like, and he used to iron mm-hmm. everything, even his handkerchief. Um, <clears throat> and I thought, wow, it's another level. It's another level. And then <laughs> I think, um, to some extent, you know, there, there's ways in which, It just created a lot of comfort for me to have that, to have the predictability, the stability. Mm -hmm. And there's areas in my life and in my home in which I'm very meticulous how you fold things, how you do things. And I keep seeing a lot of that from my dad. But at the same time, I also grew up with my mom who came from a very affluent environment in El Salvador where she grew up with maids. She grew up with a cook. She grew up with a driver. So there's a lot of things that she didn't learn to do. So it's not like she doesn't want to be organized, but just never. And she even says, I never learned how to do that. <laughs> so I need I, I need to find the balance. And I think that for the most part, I have found the balance in my life. There's certain things that need to be very organized. And then I, I had sent you pictures of my pantry. That yes. was a shit show for sure. 
<laughs> and then I had to organize it. I had to organize and I like just went through because my brain couldn't function. And I noticed mm-hmm. that that was really affecting me and my productivity and affecting everything that I was doing. Do you see that? Do you find that with clients and people that you work with? I do, which is how and why organizing and productivity go hand in hand Mm -hmm. with the cousins being habits, which I know that you're very familiar with. You know, we've got some distant cousins there, very close cousins, like the habits piece and Mm -hmm. uh, mental wellness piece. So those are like very close, you know, together in the family, but organizing and productivity absolutely go hand in hand. One will affect the other. And what happens is that in the back of our brain, we have it's almost like a, a pebble. I'll just simplify it, but it's, it's a pebble in the, in the shoe. It's, mm-hmm. it's bothering you for a reason. And that reason is not just because the pantry is messy. So for you in your case, it, it's not that the pantry was out of order. It's, it's deeper than that. Mm. And it's sometimes it's the, because I can't be productive because uh, that's the way I visualize my work. That's how I visualize my life. And sometimes there's some hidden meanings in there. So, you know, we start getting into the mental wellness, the habits piece. Um, you like predictability. You mm-hmm. like to know where things are. So especially if you have, if you like the predictability for clients that like that, it's because they like to have a schedule, a set schedule right. and not having something in order will it just visually, they can't visualize how they're going to get the ingredients to plan their meal for the evening. Like they can't visualize it. And so many people that are, that like the predictability, predictability are visual learners. (laughs) So then what ends up happening is if you're not organized, you can't visualize how you're going to actually do the thing that you're wanting to be productive with. So that's where we come in into the we organize it, but we organize it so that you can see it. So you can see yourself cooking. Mm-hmm. So you can see yourself making it. So if you are, you know, into arts and crafts and we're doing your arts and craft room, if you're doing your business, uh, if you work out of the house or if you're doing your uh, office outside of home, you can visualize yourself, you know, the day before, okay, I'm going to go into the office and I know where things are mm-hmm. so I can be productive. And so they're tied together. And that's how... That's how I work with clients, especially that are visual learners mm-hmm. and that have, a, you know, who, who need a little bit, who need that, like a predictability, like you mentioned. I, I really love this answer because uh, I'm in the process of doing some of the final edits of my book and I have been just reworking little tiny paragraphs here and there when it comes to um, habits. Uh, when it comes to how our brain works and just tying it into some of the stories within the chapters and everything that you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. This is so good. <laughs> I really- you have to be, you have to be able to see it. Like you have to be able to tie it together in mm-hmm. academia where I worked with um, mm-hmm. many people in academia, they have to be able to tie the, you know, the re- like in research, right. um, they have to be able to tie the pieces together. And if you mm-hmm. can't visualize it, um, then, right. you know, it's, it's harder to, to produce the outcome that you want. It doesn't mean things have to be tidy. Right. And there is a difference between being organized and tidy. And tidy. They're not yep. the same, two different things. Mm-hmm. And some people are organized and tidy. And to them, it means the same thing, but it's two different right. words, concepts, 
ways of being organized. I, I totally, I totally agree with you because I think that, you know, for instance, my husband in, um, I don't want, I, I'm straying a lot from where I wanted to go, but I think that um, my husband is a certified Six Sigma, right? So processes and the ways that things were done. Yes. He can, like he can do stuff for my business in which I would sit here. I'm like, I know I wanted to do this, but I am not sure where I'm coming from. And before in in my job, in my corporate job, I had to make sure that we we created the processes for the operations of the business, the programming that we did in schools. So it, it took me a while and I can do it, but I became very good at that because I knew that and that was familiar to me. So in my business, because a lot of the new processes were new and I was establishing them, I just could not sort of figure out like, if I do this, what comes next? And sometimes mm-hmm. we need someone to help us with that. Mm-hmm. Just to see the, the, like the bigger picture and ask you the questions. And it's not, you know, we, I, I advocate for people to have coaches for, for this reason. Sometimes yeah. once I get to the nitty gritty, sometimes I'll ask, you know, what, what is it that you're looking for? And it'll be something as simple, not simple, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, their pantry to be organized but it what they really are talking about is they just can't see themselves living their life um, right. the way like they, they can't visualize it no so. absolutely I totally agree and I think that for me I definitely am a visual person I when I moved to um, when I moved to Connecticut from New York City the one thing that I found is that um, I had probably I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say over 10 different pair of black pants and, but it was because I had a very tight closet in New York City size that you really couldn't see everything that you have. And now, mm-hmm. you know, Dan built me this amazing closet. And now I can see, for the most part, everything that's in there. So I know, oh, I, I don't need another one of those. Or if I'm going to get something, I need to um, get rid of this. Um, tell me a little bit about you growing up, though, because I know that... Um, you and I have talked a little bit about, about your background, where you came from, but I would love for you to share a little bit about your your growing up and what was it like to grow up and what are some of the things that you envisioned yourself doing in your life? Yeah, so, uh, well, um, so go, going back to kind of where, you know, I grew up, I'm a child of immigrants <laughs> and my both of my parents came from another country. And so it, that in itself changed the way that I thought uh, tremendously, just how I envisioned my life be. Uh, of course, I saw them. It's They're working so hard for their dreams in a very mm. different way. So then for me, it became... It just was different. And when you live in another country, you you have your cultural background, mm-hmm. but then you're learning new things. And so merging them together at the same time, uh, you know, it was hard, but it also got me uh, prepared to for the life of entrepreneurship, like taking risks, for instance. I mean, mm-hmm. that is like you know, your what your parents is you know immigrant parents uh, do you know, and they talk Absolutely. about all the time. So that is just prepared me. Um, so that was kind of my my childhood. And so the problem solving for me was just a little bit different than maybe conventionally conventionally for you know for whoever. But for me, it felt different. So that is just fast forward. I that led me to 
problem solve, like I said, a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And when it came to organizing, once I realized what my gift was, I encompassed the empathy piece, which came from that problem solving of growing up as uh, you know, first generation in the specifically in the United States. So for me, it was okay. I'm an organized person, but I'm also very empathetic. But I mm. also like to get things done. So I kind of incorporated all three things into how how I am, how I ran my business. And I think it's one of kind of one of my secret sauces for me as a person, not just for my business, but I can relate to people. I can understand that perhaps they've come from different uh, ways of, of living, of being, of thinking. You, you mentioned that uh, you believe in the importance of individuals using a coach. And that's definitely something that I talk about with others because I have benefited from having a coach but what what led you to believe that and why? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm a huge proponent of clients. So, okay. So, I'm in the organizing space. <laughs> and in the organizing space and productivity space, people want solutions now. So, what they end up calling me, they usually end up calling me because they're overwhelmed. Mm. They're usually, you know, oh, my gosh, I, I'm overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. I know I need an organizer because I just need things to be tidy. You know, again, we go back to the word tidy. And so I come in and I, I ask all the questions. And mo- a lot of the times, you know, okay, you know, we get to the nitty gritty and then we get organized. Um, some of the things are like purging. I mean, I really do the let's categorize, let's categorize first. Let's go through it before we put everything back. Um, once we put everything back, Let's, you know, let's visualize how you, as we, as we're putting things back, let's visualize how it is that you want this room or or area to look like, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we go through the whole process and that's great. But then what ends up happening is a couple months later, they call me back and say, I need you again. Mm. And they don't, they, they feel, sometimes they feel embarrassed. Sometimes they feel just as overwhelmed and they don't know what happened. What went wrong? Like I, you had, you know, you came in and it just was so nice, and I just couldn't maintain it. So, what ends up happening is they're not getting to the nitty gritty. And and I and I'm a very honest organizer. I go in mm-hmm. and tell them, you know, we we can definitely work on X Y Z. Um, but once I start seeing that it's a reoccurring um, disorganization mm-hmm. that is frustrating them that's when i go into okay i i i think you would benefit from someone who can coach you through this maybe whether you know whichever whether it's a, a therapist or mm-hmm. more of a counselor or a coach because sometimes it what they're really trying to get you is something else yeah. and so that's why i say that and i'm, I'm such an advocate of coaches because I firmly, I see it all the time. Um, I see it in clients that want the easy answer, the hacks, mm-hmm. and what they're trying to really do is something else. You know, they're trying to mask whatever it is that they're really trying to do. Uh, and so that's why I'm such an advocate of, of coaches, because I think they would be happier in the long run. You know, they would just find joy in what they're doing in the long run versus trying to come up with all these hacks and fast solutions. Fast solutions can work kind of like diets, you know, they can work (laughs) for a moment, but you're always going to go back to the problem if you don't get to the problem. So 
that's why I'm I'm such a big advocate. That, that is such a good answer. And I and I totally agree with you because I think I see this with a lot of my clients as well when it comes to coaching. A lot of them come and say, Hey, I need someone to teach me about business. And I I am not like any other coach, business coach, right? I'm a life business and life strategy coach. And the reason I, I use that term is because what is happening with you in your life affects how you're going to show up in your business. And maybe you can have the great processes. You can buy the fancy equipment. Uh, you can pay for funnels. You can do this. But if you're not going to be in a space where you can um, organize your time or where you can, you you know, really um, process through some of the behaviors and feelings, right? When you're When you have a no from a client or you don't launch whatever you wanted to and then all of a sudden you're going to feel negatively then what happens is you 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 revert you don't make lasting impact and the same thing with a diet you can do a diet and really you're working your motivation and you're you're really white knuckling through the through the eating but as soon as mm-hmm. you know your motivation goes away then you revert to the overeating or buffering behaviors so i i, I love that you you see that in in that, you know, you help clients through that because I think that ultimately if someone is coming to work with you, they want lasting change and you're giving them the options as well, not only working with you, but also suggesting that they can continue to get lasting change by making the kind of change, which is shifting your brain for sure. Mm-hmm. And I do work with coaches on the other, you know, the vice versa. Mm-hmm. So once they do go in and talk through what they're looking for, uh, you know, I, I'm there to to help them keep it up, you know, to, okay, yeah. let's find a system that works ongoing awesome. with, with whatever, you know, you're trying to make better visually. That's so good. I, I love the, the interconnection because I think that everything is related. Um, turning on my video, let me know if you can see me. <laughs> We're going to try it again. Yes, yes, yes. I hate not not having video on and and being able to see guests. We're going to try it again. Um, There you are. Because your your smiling face is uh, a lot better. Not to say that your picture is not good, but I like to see the interaction. Stephanie, are you you an only child or do you have siblings? I am. I am an only child. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. So you must have a close relationship with your parents. I do. Uh-huh. I do. Very close. Yeah. Yeah. My my sisters, both of them have only children. And I've noticed that only children have this very intricate relationship with their parents. And, and I love watching how they relate to each other and how they have, um, not to say better or deeper, but just a, a, a different relationship. And I love watching those dynamics. Now, do your parents live nearby? Yeah. They don't. So <laughs> I live, I'm based or live in Colorado. Yep. And I, but I grew up mainly in uh, California and that's where they live. Gotcha. Now, what yeah. do you prefer? You, do, do you prefer Colorado or do you prefer being in the, in California? Oh, that's a trick question. I mean, I've been in Colorado now for well, 13 years, mm-hmm. um, but I grew up in California and my heart and love will always be in, in mm-hmm. California. Um, but I'm a beach girl at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Colorado for so many different reasons. I, yeah, I mean, I, that's a, yeah, such Colorado a is question. beautiful. I, I actually, mm-hmm. who I was speaking to someone, oh, today 
I actually had someone um, that is looking to to hopefully work with me in uh, this person is based out of Denver. And I thought, I love Denver. I've been there several times and it's such a fun city to visit. And I loved watching the evolution of how Denver has changed uh, oh, from yeah. what it was even 20 years ago. Uh, so, yeah. so it's pretty cool. But now what part of California did you grow up in? I lived uh, for a small amount of time in Northern California, but mm-hmm. primarily Southern California, Orange County. Oh, Orange County. I'd love, well, there. I, I have to say that that's the one thing about California. You can be at the beach, you can be in the mountains, you can be in the desert. It's such a yeah. uh, intricate state and so many different places that you can go. But I, I love it all. For many years, I used to spend a lot of time traveling to California during the summer to visit family. Yes. <laughs> because yeah. it's if, I could, fun. if I could just take like Colorado or California to Colorado, <laughs> that would be great. It's just different. I it don't is. know how to describe it's it. The better. environment yeah. in Colorado. No, it's not, it's just Colorado is just different, and mm-hmm. um, I love that about it. And so you and you you don't have seasons in California, but right. but in my heart, of course, I'll always I'll always be a, a beach water like that's where I grew up that's how I grew up um that's my fondest memories and so that's in my heart but Colorado is very special I mean Aww. I've spent most of my adult years at this point so now what brought you to Colorado uh, life actually mm-hmm. nothing in particular so a little bit after college mm-hmm. I wanted to travel um I went to New York I went to I mean I went to all over other countries too, but I went to New York. I visited Montana and I, well, I went to New York and I said, I'm going to live here. Like I'm, I'm ready to move here. And then I went to Montana just for fun and I loved it. And I said, I'm going to move here. Mm-hmm. It's two totally different places. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and so somebody said to me, if you love New York and you love Montana, you're going to fall in love with Colorado. And I had never been. And so I visited Colorado and I fell in love with Denver specifically because you have the mountains, mm-hmm. but it also had a very vibrant city life, mm-hmm. uh, nightlife, um, young life at the time. You know, like I said, it was right after college. So it was perfect. So I moved. I mean, I, I visited once and I said, I'm moving. And I thought it was just going to be for a couple of years. Uh-huh. And lo and behold, I stayed. For and a now long you've time. built a life. You've built a yeah. life for yourself, well, uh, for your young family. So I, I, I love seeing um, you definitely, you know, and that's the thing about Clubhouse, right? We get to know each other in a, in a different level. We can hear little anecdotes, but we can also hear the intonation. And this is why podcasting for me is so special too, because even though we can share on social media with pictures, this is like a deeper connection and it helps us create a deeper trust with people. Um, yeah. For you, what has been one of the challenges, especially navigating being an entrepreneur and navigating your home life? What, what are the things that you, you feel that have been the most challenging for you? Oh, well, that's by far just the having the self-discipline to not get so worked up over one thing or honed in into mm-hmm. one thing because, you know, you do have, you don't have to you have to balance it. And, and I don't really, for, I don't believe in that you can balance Agreed. it, but you have to figure out a way to snap out of things quickly mm-hmm. so that you can move up so that your business can thrive. And that for me has been the, the most challenging just m- mentally because, um, 
you know, you, and as you change in life, like your different seasons of life, whether, you know, you have kids or you don't have kids, doesn't really matter. You change in life and having to figure out how to snap out of things quickly Mm -hmm. so that you can make, so that in your personal life, like snap out of it so that you can put yourself into your business the next day or the next hour. And then in the business, like you can't just leave it five and leave it all behind. You have to like, figure out a way to, like I said, snap in and out. So I think that's been the hardest as a, you know, being an entrepreneur, owning <laughs> your own business, knowing that of course, you know, it's, uh, if you, uh, it's all up to you, it's all up to you. You don't have to carry it all, but the bigger decisions are up to you, the vision and getting stuck in one thing is not healthy. It's not healthy mentally and mm. it's not healthy for the business. So snapping out of things quickly can be hard can be very hard. You know, you said one thing about um, uh, being an entrepreneur that I totally agree with. And uh, for me, I I definitely um, have a difficult time with this. Um, well, you know, and, and not because I, I, I didn't know that this was part of it. But for me, you know, a lot of people, entrepreneurs do think, okay, well, I'm going to make my own hours. I'm going to have all the freedom and then I'm going to be done at five. I was never done at five. I'm not a done at five kind of girl. <laughs> a girl that goes the opposite direction that once she's in, she's in. And then my husband has to come and stand by the door and be like, uh, you're done. <laughs> but for you, um, how do you balance? And, and again, I hate that word. It's not the right word. How do you blend your life, your home, the the intentional margin as one of my Katie Jeffco talks about, right? That creating that intentional margin for yourself and how do you create um, the space so that you can still continue to go all in, but still show up for that part of the personal life that you have. Yeah. So I, there's two things that I live, I live by, like my life by is the first is do something today that will help your future self. You know, your mm-hmm. future self will thank you for that's one. But then the other is, there's there's 24 hours in a day and i don't mean that in a negative way it's the realism it's being realistic Mm -hmm. that is how many hours you have within a day so being realistic at least for me allows me to blend have that intentional piece of separation It, it helps me also plan out for my day. So if something takes me, which, you know, eventually you start learning your habits and you're like, okay, this realistically is going to take me an hour. When I always say it's going to take me 15 out of 15 minutes, it's really an hour. (laughs) And so once you become realistic about your time, you then, I then plan out realistically what I can get done every day and what I can't. And then Mm -hmm. out of the thing, out of those things, then I pick the things that my future self will thank me for. So that's kind of how I I blend my personal and um, business life. I try to do something that um, my future self is going to thank me for. And I'm, I'm realistic about my time. And I add cushion. Cushion time is crucial. I think if with any person, um, if you're training for something like a sport, I mean, you always add that extra little bit of padding in there, right? Like, okay, I'm aiming for this, Mm -hmm. but as I train, you don't go all 
out all the time. Like you work your way to it, but then as you train, you also have, you know, hell weeks, but then you also taper off sometimes and you allow yourself some cushion so that when it's go time, when you have those big meetings, you, you're prepared, you you know, realistically what you can get done and what you can't do. So let's say you have a big client meeting, instead of saying, I can get, get it done in a week, you set realistic expectations of yourself because mm-hmm. you know, it's going to take you. Yeah. A week, a week. It's not going to take you two days. It's going to take you a week because at this point you've trained for that. Like mm-hmm. you've you've done it enough times. You've done you've done it fast. You've done it slow, and so now you know. And so you set yourself up for success in that way. So that's kind of how I I've been able to blend it um, in in a yeah. more healthy manner. I think that uh, that is I'm so smart. Working, working project. Some of my clients really struggle, Stephanie, and I wonder if you see this as well with some of your clients because I think that in trying to blend. Um, we the concept of setting realistic expectations is so key but i think that many times especially women and i hate to generalize but let's let's call a spade a spade women are afraid of disappointing by mm-hmm. setting up realistic expectations for themselves or for what they can accomplish or what they can do for others do you see a lot of that and how do you help your clients overcome that Yes, yes. And men who are in the C-suite, I see mm-hmm. that a lot of men in the C-suite. Um, it's, uh, it's the more you see, the more you want, you know, mm. and for um, it, it, it's more of that notion. So you see if, you know, if it's whether it's other, other women, um, all of these unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. that are that are sometimes put upon us that is like okay well you see that somebody else did it right you know did they did they and what did it take I mean did did they have some help did they have a team I mean did they have like a team of 10 to help them so I think it's it's more of the notion female or male of of wanting more and seeing other people have more and then uh, not seeing behind the curtain, like not being realistic about what it took that person, not asking the questions. I also Mm. think that's a big thing that I see in my clients, um, both the productivity side and the organizing, the physical organizing is that, and even when I did events too, but just in general, people that want to be more organized, they're like, I want, they come in and say like, I don't know where, where to start. All I know is that I want to be more organized. Right. And then I'll say, okay, why do you want to be, well, A, what, what does organizing mean to you? Mm-hmm. But why do you want to be more organized? Like what, what led you to this place? Mm-hmm. And then we start unraveling. Oh, it's because I saw the HGTV magazine yeah. or the, what I, or the Magnolia, you know, show. And it's right. Like, but you do realize that that show, that 30 minute show really took six months mm-hmm. and they only re they only did the kitchen living room and backyard right. you didn't see the upstairs that are unfinished that mm-hmm. are not completed that they didn't even touch or that they're not going to keep the furniture because they need to buy it you know and, and right. so there's just so many aspects of what you see that i think we don't ask questions about so i love it i see that a lot i, yeah. I you know it's so funny because i've always uh, in the back of my mind, when I'm watching the shows, I'm like, yep, but there's some bedroom that still has shag carpet and peeling <laughs> wallpaper that you didn't go to. And that's what we don't see. And I think that with our clients, too, um, I actually had a conversation last week with someone who's an emergent entrepreneur. And 
she was like, you know, I sat through the group coaching and everybody, and I said, don't tell me about everybody else because their journey is so different from yours. And if you are telling me that somebody else is in a different spot, a more successful spot, that means that you are not doing the daily work. You are not focusing on the what's in front of you. And then you're really concerned and losing ground because the more that you lose ground, the more that you become, um, you know, uh, I guess, uh, overwhelmed with, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not moving forward. I'm not successful. No, but, and then you get caught in this rut. And I see that a lot for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, I know that you took a trip over the summer. Where did you go? Tell me again. Yes. So we did a 22 day RV trip, road trip, uh, through the, mainly the Midwest and Mm -hmm. South. So we are part-time RVers, um, and we have an RV that we, you know, again, we use on the weekends and stuff, but this one was a little bit of a bigger trip because we went to go pick up the RV in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And while we were out there, we, we got it, we got a little bit of a bigger one from before we went to pick it up and we said, well, since we're going to be in Ohio or <laughs> it, actually, it, yeah, it ended up being Tennessee, but long story short. Okay. Um, it changed from Ohio to Tennessee because All right, okay. whatever, but um, <laughs> why don't we just do the trip anyway? So we ended up I love it. going to see family in Illinois, going to Ohio where we originally wanted to, because I had never mm-hmm. been, it was very quick, but they did that, the Tennessee, Kentucky, the Carolinas, um, down to Georgia a little bit, and then just made our way back home from there. So we did Midwest, South, yeah, came back. That's, it was a 22 day trip. And amazing. Yeah, I was living vicariously yeah. through you because I thought, how fun! I I really love, and and it's funny because I my husband jokes we should get an RV. I'm like, I don't think I'm an RV kind of girl, right? But I love road <laughs> trips. I really do, and I love just uh, mm-hmm. driving and seeing and exploring as you come into a new city or a new town. And I think that there's only things that you can see from a car. My husband and I actually did um we went to nashville a couple years ago and we drove and on the way home we took um we went to kentucky we did the bourbon trail then we went to ohio Mm -hmm. my husband went to school in ohio so we stopped at his university and then cut across all of pennsylvania (laughs) back into new jersey connecticut so yeah and that was a fun trip that's probably yeah um the, the i think that was the last really big road trip that I took, but I'm going to Tennessee in a month. Oh, yay. So I'm going to drive and my husband, my husband. Are you driving? Like, I was just going to ask you, are you going to drive? Okay. Yeah. So All right. I, I, I can fly. I actually have a, have an airline credit, but I was just saying, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to drive. And okay. there's something yeah. about driving that for me really gives me a little bit of peace. And, and uh, yes. maybe I will have to take him up on it and try to do a trip in, uh, in, yeah, in that I way. Yeah. I mean, it's great. You see things, again, like you said, you know, you see things that you would not have otherwise. You make stops along the way and and get to be mm-hmm. in places that you would not have otherwise. Um, and But, you know, we do, I do organizing for uh, RVs and small spaces as well. And I love changing up my space mm-hmm. just to, to different sizes uh, for me. You know, it, it kind of mm-hmm. shakes things up a little bit in my head. And so it's really fun to kind of live in a, very different size space mm. uh, than you normally would. You know, for us, yeah. the RV is just a little bit smaller, but 
it makes you think about things differently. You come home oh, and sure. you're like, do I, do I really need this? Um, I agree with you. Coming back from vacation, um, we took one suitcase between the two of us and we were gone for 10, no, we were gone for eight days. And I thought, you know, I didn't even wear everything I had. And do I really need everything I have? Um, yep. And even now, um, I haven't done it yet. Maybe this is something you'll hold me accountable to, but I really have been thinking. Um, I have a wardrobe for uh, corporate America that I'm not going to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even when I was in corporate America, there was a lot of it that I wasn't using anymore. So there's really no reason mm-hmm. for it to be sitting in my closet. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I am going to start to pare down. I have four bags in the spare bedroom that need to go somewhere. My issue is like, even when I pack them, I always think I'm like, I'm going to donate, but I'm also going to take something to the consignment and there's stuff that it just needs to go away. And mm-hmm. I put them in the separate bags, but then I always second guess myself and think, oh, should I take that to the consignment? Maybe not. And what if they don't take it? And, and, and that's where I get really messed up. I really get really yeah. like in inaction <laughs> and stop moving ahead. This is where... This is where if, you know, if it's within means, a stylist is great for. Before you start, do- I mean, sometimes you, you think, oh my gosh, there's no way I can afford them. Um, they can come in and tell you, you just give them, mm-hmm. whether it's your Pinterest board or idea board, or like you tell them what your style is. They'll go through your closet and pair things you would not have otherwise thought about cool. and do it for you. And then everything else, you know, you, you either toss or donate. Um, but if you don't necessarily want to get a stylist, you can also just do it yourself where you go in into a Pinterest style mm-hmm. of a uh, website, you pick the looks that you want and spend a weekend pairing things the way that you think would look good on your body, you know, and whatnot. And then the rest just goes. Um, yeah, I love that idea. You know, I had, a, I don't know if you've listened to the episode with Callie Richards. She's a plus size fashion blogger. And one of the tips that she gave, which I tell people all the time now, because I think it's brilliant, right? She said, if you, if you're not sure how something is going to look on you because you saw it on a Pinterest board, go to Instagram and do a search. Hashtag size 14 yeah. jeans, pear shape body. And then you're going to find it and you're going to see what these things look like on somebody. And you don't have to either spend the money, but you'll get a better idea. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so smart. How come I didn't think of searching that way for Instagram? I I, now I search everything on Instagram. I use it in my like my own little personal mm-hmm. uh, search engine other than Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seeing examples is a great way to start to decompress and declutter your spaces. Yeah. That's awesome. And, it, it, and again, and again, like once you're clear, yeah. you make space for new things and new mm-hmm. styles in this case, if we're talking about clothing, um, but you're able to clear your head and make room for new things and experiences. Yeah. I uh, Do you feel, and, and I'm sure you've come across that, um, do you feel that people tend to uh, be, I guess, hesitant to style or to organize things because um, they're afraid of change? They're afraid of letting go? Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um, I, it tends to be generational, not always mm-hmm. um, generational, and depending on what kind of life you've lived, um, that I see, you know, we, we, we get to that, you know, if there's a lot of memories associated with, mm. with things that were unresolved in some way, shape or form, that mm-hmm. tends to be a trigger. So 
um, yes, it's, it's more, it's, it's the change. It's more because a lot of what we see is we see stuff as things, which is why, <laughs> um, stores and companies pay so much money on advertising <laughs> and, and pinging into your emotional psyche to sell you things because they want you to be emotionally attached to what you're buying in the moment, in the moment, in the moment now, right. It, you know, in the moment. And so, but they're hoping that you'll create memories with that mm-hmm. as well, you know? And so, because that way you'll go buy, you know, you'll have some brand loyalty and whatnot. And then we just get yeah. into that psyche. So it starts very early on, yeah. like the purchase emotional tie-in mm-hmm. starts very early on. And then of course, later it gets developed to other, other things. And then you start attaching emotions to things mm-hmm. and my- memories to things and so it's like a cycle a different type of cycle but then you're again attaching emotion to it and so then it's hard to let go because you know it's there's more there's more to it it's oh for sure I actually and I, I was reading an article earlier today um prepping for this presentation that I'm doing that um let me make sure I say this correctly in tapping into the lizard brain a lot of um retailers for instance are not only tapping into, like you said, right, you know, that emotional connection, but I think that they're really investigating and trying to tap into that person that you also want to become and talk about mm-hmm. using the concept of the future self the wrong way. Uh, a lot of a lot of retailers are starting to do that because they want picture, they want to have people picture themselves as having the thing, and if they have the thing, they're going to be able to fill in the blank, right? And I think that that's uh, what where mm-hmm. I see that go wrong, but. When I saw you um, tell me about the quote for the future self, I am a firm believer that that is such a great um, concept to be able to propel you into creating the habits daily that will get you there. When was the first time that you started to recognize that for yourself? I would, I would say it just some. I wouldn't say I could pinpoint the exact moment, mm-hmm. but something about maturity, you know, uh, <laughs> somewhere along the lines, I started to evolve. And I w- wouldn't say I'm mature, but I would say that I became a little more mature in my years mm-hmm. that became more oh, self-aware that um, I was doing things just to do without a purpose. Mm. And I don't, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes the day would come and then I would have a lot of the I wish I would have. Yes. And so, and, I, and then of course, you know, this is, so if it's a famous quote I, it's by an actor and I can't remember his name at the moment, but it's been yeah. around forever. And I heard it again one day and I said, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always doing things for the moment, for the moment, mm-hmm. uh, but not for my future self. Like there's gotta be something I right. leave, leave, like just, just for, not everything, but just, a little bit for, for my future self. Um, I love getting surprises sometimes. You know how like sometimes mm-hmm. you, you're like, oh, I found a dollar in my in my right. hair pants <laughs> or my whatever shirt, right. old jacket. You're like, oh, there's a dollar. Awesome. Or $20. Bingo. And so that's the kind of emotion I wanted to encompass like or wanted to bring out in myself, like that, that pleasant surprise. Yeah. And so somewhere along the lines of my maturity one day, I just thought that's kind of how I want to live my life where 
tomorrow I wake up and I'm thankful for Stephanie the yesterday mm-hmm. and saying thank you to her for doing X, Y, Z. And it didn't have to be big. Um, I don't want to get stuck in the past right. either. I don't, I don't always want to say I should have yeah. and then just be hard on myself. I also want to thank her for leaving me this little yeah. crumb, this little dollar in the, in the, oh, you know, oh the God. jacket, uh, oh this God. little, like, and so that's the feeling one day that I want, I wanted to have. So every day I, you know, I hope that you're leaving little crumbs for future crumbs. Stephanie. I love it. Yeah. You know, the concept of the future self for me, that's one of the things that helped me lose 40 pounds and really, um, really knowing that, you know, I may not want to get up today, but in a year, that future self, that Julie 2.0, better version, it's going to be like, so glad you did that, right? Um, yes. And it's, it's, it's been kind a of, great it, concept. I'm sure for you, just talking about this, it's it's also, you know, the different variation of this is remember the times when you dreamt of you being in this moment. Yeah. Remember the times when you dreamed about the life the moment, the job, yeah. the situation, the persona that you are now back then. Like, and if you go back to that, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, thank you. That, yes, yes I am grateful. So I'm going to enjoy it right now because that year ago, I didn't think this was going to be possible, but here I am today and I want to celebrate it. So. And I hope, you know, that clients and people I work with have that feeling like they're doing this for the the moment, but also a little bit for for their future self. For their future self. Such a good concept. Stephanie, who inspires you in your life? Because you're inspirational. (sighs) I hear you every morning for the most part when I, you know, that's usually the time that I try to get myself moving and whatnot. But yeah, I hear you in the mornings and you have such a kind voice. You you're very um, soothing, but also the way that you just encourage people. So I wonder for you, who brings out that inspiration in you? Well, thank you. That's very kind. I, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, a, a non-celebrity would be my, my parents. I mean, really, mm-hmm. um, again, I, I mean, uh, first generation, you really get to step outside because I didn't live it. Like I didn't, I, mean, I came with them as right. an immigrant, but I was so little that my memory is not the same. You know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up, I also, you know, I say I was born, it, I was born in Mexico, but bred in California. Like I, right. I, you know, it's, it's very different. So I'm able to step back and mm-hmm. see and can only imagine all the things that they've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, some they talk about, some they don't. And as a first generation, um, a daughter, you really, you get to ask the questions, you get to see it from a different perspective, mm-hmm. but also you get touched by it enough that you feel it enough. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I get very inspired because I can feel it. I can feel it in their soul. I can feel it in their stories and, um, you know, all kinds of things. So, uh, so my par- my parents, um, for sure. But then the, as a more, um, I guess, celebrity, if you will, mm-hmm. I always say like, if I could, if I could, I have three idols, and that's Frida Kahlo, Michelle Obama, and Dolly Parton. If I could love merge that combination them into like a, a doll and keep them forever and ever and ever oh in my that like little pocket, I would because they're if just you amazing have women. At least two of them to dinner, which would be Michelle <laughs> yeah. and and, and uh, Dolly. Please invite me. But I I, I love Frida Kahlo. By doable. the way, Frida Kahlo <laughs> yeah. is probably one of my favorite, most inspirational uh, women that I know of, and. 
Um, I actually, I don't think I've ever said this to anybody, but I, at one point, um, I thought if I ever have a daughter, her name is going to be Frida. Oh, and, yeah. beca- and and I just love that name. My mom had a friend named Frida who passed away at a young age. So I knew her, but also when I started to learn about Frida Kahlo and just the grit and strength in, in her, she was, you know, beyond her time. So, <clears throat> mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. That, oh, yeah. What a great dinner party that would be for sure. <laughs> oh, like just just like a fly on the wall. Like I don't have to be existing. I just want to listen in on the conversation. They're great. Everything about them and their mm. aura and their storytelling and their actual story. Yes, yeah. but their their way of being just inspires me. So yeah. did you did you celebrity. read did you read uh, Michelle Obama's um, Belonging? I did. I sure did. I yeah. love that book. I listened yeah. to it on Audible, and then I had to get the book. And then when the when the journal <laughs> came out, I got the journal. I had a hard time doing the journal. Um, did you? I didn't do the journal. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, some of the questions I just felt like I don't know. And and I journal. I write. I mean, let's see. I have one here. I have another one <laughs> here. <laughs> so I'm surrounded by them, but. For whatever reason, it's still upstairs is on my night table, but it's not the journal that I use every day. Every once in a while, if I'm stuck, I'll go in and I'll try to answer some of the questions. So it's been a year and I'm still on like the second page on day two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm wondering if your, her storytelling is unlike, uh, you know, others, just the way that she, she speaks. I'm wondering if you're hearing like literally from the audible, hearing her voice literally. Probably. As you're doing the journaling instead of your own. Oh, I like that. Yes, she, you know, she she asks the questions. Mm-hmm. I know they're hers, and I right. understand that it's her journal based on her mm-hmm. the book and what is triggering of the book and, and almost like a book club questions mm-hmm. type of journal. Yep. But I'm wondering if you're like actually hearing, you know, hearing her. I wonder her story. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. I've been uh, doing a lot more. Um, audibles lately i i mean i've always done audibles but lately i've just been like consuming a lot and it's like everything is jumbling into one but i just feel like i'm getting more books read if that you know to listen to especially because my schedule lately has been um, out of whack um one last question for you and thank you again for being so gracious with your time and for being here i could probably talk to you another hour but i'm not going to i'm gonna save that for clubhouse (laughs) (laughs) Or a dinner. Or a dinner. I need to make it to Colorado, my goodness. <laughs> yes, let's go to Denver, have a beautiful, lovely dinner, I love and just it. chat. You know, my husband was in Denver for work, and he, he enjoyed it. But I, I think that he would enjoy it a lot more if I came with him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and visited yeah, both Colorado. of you come. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you had to define for yourself confidence, are you confidence and what is that definition of confidence for you? Oh my, yeah, okay. So, I, so confidence to me is when you trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I would define it. It's it's kind of when you 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 trust yourself enough to go for it. I guess to complete the sentence, when you trust yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to go do it and actually take action, um, that you're confident that regardless of the situation, regardless of the outcome, regardless of what's about to happen, you are, you're going to go, you're going to do it and take action. So that's kind of my, my definition. Um, yes, I would say I am. I, um, 
that's one of the gifts that my parents truly, mm. truly bestowed upon me. Like I really will forever be indebted to them because I don't think it's something you can, um, I don't know. It, it's just something that if you're be, if you're able to be around people who give that to you and tell you that enough, yeah. but not in a, not in a, um, pompous mm-hmm. way in a cocky in kind a, of way yeah in a cocky kind of way it, in more of a humbling way like mm-hmm. encourages you that you can do it and to trust your own instincts and to go for it and my parents are very different in what their definition is so mm-hmm. i was able to get both of them and i always say my parents because they're they're very opposite in some ways and with one without the other just would not have worked mm-hmm. in the way they made me so um i would say i am um but I become a little more and more confident. Like I would say I am, but I wouldn't say a hundred percent. I would say like, confidently, I would say I am because I'm confident enough to go do it. But I, there's like that wiggle room where I could just go do it with a little bit more assertion, a little mm-hmm. bit more, um, you know, I, I go and do it. I am a risk taker. Like I'll do it. But um, like an analogy of water, like, I used to play water polo and, and swimming and yes, I would jump in the pool, but if I had my way, I'm more of a dip my toes and mm-hmm. kind of take about five minutes <laughs> to get in and then I'm good. And then I'm like confident enough to do it. Um, so I kind of wish I could just be a little more like just jump in and yeah. then just rip the bandage. It's, it's funny. Um, you made me think of um, when Dane and I went to the Key West for our vacation, we took a snorkeling trip. And this was the epitome of um, how we approach the snorkeling trip was an epitome of <laughs> who we are. Um, so we, we, you know, start to get ready, get our fins together, and they don't give you alcohol prior to snorkeling. You have to be done with the snorkeling and on the way back. They, they, you know, they serve alcohol. But anyhow, so then there's two ways that you can go into the water. One, they lower these steps and you walk down. And then the other one is you go to the side of the boat and just jump in. So we're standing in line. We're getting our stuff together. And I'm walking over to jump in. And my husband is like making the line to go down the steps. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm not jumping in. I'm like, see ya. So I jumped right in. And at the end of, you know, we met up in the water. We swam. And then all of a sudden, um, somehow we separated each other. And... I, you know, I kept going further out, further out, thinking he's following me, right? But the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I better find him. And I'm looking around underwater, and the water was not as clear on this day. So then I see this guy with a hairy back, and I walk, and I swim over, and then I grab his hand only to find that it's not my husband. (laughs) And then I look up, and I come out to the surface, and then I look look in the boat and sure enough he's on the boat having a drink so like, cheers <laughs> so that's oh, the that's story amazing. of our lives like, but yeah. see that's it's like you both were confident you were happy with the outcome yeah. just one jumped right in and the other just took and there's no more. right way of doing it and there's no wrong um, way of doing it but you have to I know what it. you know where your comfort level is and and then uh, yeah. go about your business that way so I, again, thank you so much for being here. Um, how do people find you, Stephanie? Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me so, so much. Uh, so people can find me on my website, 
you can go to www.theorganizedflamingo.com or on all social media platforms at The Organized Flamingo. Well, thank you so much. And of course, I'm saying goodbye. And my husband says that I have a bad habit of doing this in normal life, but I have to do it. I forgot to ask you, why the organized flamingo? Oh, yeah. I have to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So it, it, the flamingo. So I, I mean, I just love flamingos. They're cute. But the real reason is when I was coming up with this business name, I wanted uh, to have, I knew I wanted to have some kind of symbol. And um, the flamingo stands for community. I mean, without the, the flamingos survive in flocks and in a community. Without them, they couldn't survive by themselves. And so we'd like to think we are part of your community. We are part of how you know to to allow you to help and build your your mm. your life the way that you want it want it to be we're part of that so the, oh, the flamingo just became a symbol to that and every time i see a flamingo i do think of you i saw a couple in florida <laughs> and immediately i thought of you um so thank you so much for again being here Thanks. for doing the work that you're doing because i think that it's not just about making sure that your cabinets are Pinterest worthy, but it's more about creating the type of life that allows you to feel more peaceful and joyful and live to the fullest. So thank you so much again. And on behalf of Casa de Confidence, don't forget to go confidently. Thank you, Julie. I'll see you in the streets of Clubhouse. Bye. Yes. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.